who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. You're listening to Pixels and Flesh, an Anderson Dexter novel written and read by M. Darusha Wayne. For more information, visit darusha.ca. Chapter 10 Dex seemed to have gotten back into Mac Larson's good graces after spending several days at the Kanzai office. He ran into the men's huge avatar in the hallway, and Larson clapped him on the shoulder. Good work on the tea shop business. Thanks, sir, Dex said, but Magoro cracked it. All I really did was give her someone new to talk to. Larson shook his head. It's teamwork, Dex. Good to see. The wide smile on his face faded. Not so great to see that the consortium is up to its old tricks. More likely they never stopped, Dex said. Annabelle tells me that until everyone in M-City is running the counter-incursion code, they'll keep looking for ways to take over. She says they're probably using automated scripts. It's theoretically possible that the people behind it originally aren't even involved anymore. It's just ticking over like a wind-up toy. A bot, Larson said. Dex nodded. But I bet there's still someone running the show. The firms can't be happy that we're carving out a shadow world in here that they can't control. No, Larson said. I'm sure they aren't. Anyway, good work. I'm glad to see you're back on board. Dex's physical body flushed with a combination of guilt, embarrassment, and annoyance. His avatar betrayed nothing, though. Larson gave him the once-over, then said, I know you hate it here. Sir? Larson twirled a finger in the air. This office. It's not your style. Not your style at all, he grinned. I don't want to be some form-filling middle-management flunky. If you'd rather work out of that rat trap in Chandler's or log in using some godforsaken command line interface, I don't care. I'm not going to make you turn up here just to be seen. We're all adults, right? Sir. Just keep me in the loop if you're going to be offline for a while, all right? Yes, Captain. Okay, get out of here. I can tell that all this glass and chrome is about to give you hives. Larson turned to head down the hall, and Dex shook his head. The captain was maddening and so strange, but he wasn't wrong. Dex linked over to his private office before Larson had even reached his own door. He finished the last of his reports, pulling a virtual sheet of paper out of the typewriter on his scarred wooden desk. He collected all the sheets, marked them for filing, then slid them into the tray marked out on the edge of his desk. His system uploaded the text to the appropriate case files, but to Dex's avatar's eyes, the papers disappeared in a small cloud of sparkles. It was cheesy, but effective, 
and always added to his sense of accomplishment at the end of the day. The usual sense of finality didn't settle over him, though. He opened his whiskey drawer and poured a short shot. He lit a cigarette and sipped, then pulled the manila file containing his notes on Zahara Zhang's inheritance. After his conversations with Annabelle, he had ethics on the mind, and was even more reluctant to try to get information about S. Wu the easy way. But he hadn't figured out what the hard way even was. He flipped through the papers, hoping something he'd overlooked would jump out at him. On a whim, he ran a search for the name in the M-City database. It didn't take long for his system to come back with a uselessly high number. Well, at least he was right about that. He downed his shot to celebrate the empty victory. He was about to call it a day when he got an idea. He'd been trying to find the person selling the block of disk space, but maybe he should be looking at the space itself. He dug through the listings to see if the agent was offering virtual tours. It took a bit of deciphering the sales language, but eventually Dex figured out how to set up a time to have a viewing. They didn't require a down payment for that, at least. He wasn't sure what he could learn by looking at some random instantiations, but it was something to do. And sometimes just getting started was all it took for things to begin to come together. He should have known that the sales agents would have an automated system for showing properties. It was one of the distinct advantages of doing business in M-City. Simple tasks could be staffed with bots rather than people. Most sales staff and shops were bots, ditto for receptionists, waiters, anything that didn't require a real-time complex communication. Showing off some disk space was a perfect bot job. Dix linked to the public portal near the block that S. Wu was selling, in a profoundly ordinary section of Keyside. It was a nice district of Mim City, modeled after a seaside town, with several areas devoted to alfresco cafes, public spaces, and recreational facilities. Wu's disc block, however, had no natural view, and was filled with a nondescript array of tenants. There were two avatar customization shops, a large portfolio space that appeared to belong to a cooperative of several designers, a dingy-looking office building, and a flashy sex bot outlet. All in all, it could be any random block in M-City. The sales bot found Dex with no difficulty, and made a canned introduction. The bot was wearing a high-fam avatar, and Dex wondered if the agency customized their staff according to whoever was making inquiries. He hadn't given them much to go on, so he figured this was the standard. Perhaps if he came back for a second look, they'd put more effort in. Thank you for your interest in this block, Mr. Dexter, the bot said in a breathy voice. I can take you into the public areas, of course, and you can see the outside of the res space easily enough. Are you interested in a leasing investment opportunity? The tenants of this space have all been here for quite some time and are very happy to stay on. Once your interest has been registered properly, with a small deposit, we can provide you with the financials, lease payments, liens, any other information you might require to make a decision. Did this bot ever stop talking? Please, show me whatever you can, he said in the hopes that it would trigger the next part of the bot's program. Thankfully, the bot turned and led Dex into the sex shop first. The space was nice enough. High ceilings, plenty of backroom storage. There was nothing wrong with it that Dex could see. The shop was also staffed by a bot, and Dex recognized the models on display as Odyssey brand units. He couldn't remember which firm made the Odysseys, but they were reasonable quality, mass-market items. The virtual estate bot then led Dex methodically through the other shops, which were all similar in layout. She explained that the office space was subleased to individuals who were able to use it for whatever instantiation they wished. This area is zoned for mixed use, so there is a good diversity among the tenants here. 
Dex wondered about how well this bot was programmed, given that there was really no such thing as zoning in M-City. The different districts each had their own aesthetic, which external reses were expected to maintain, but there was no way to control what people did with their internal instantiations, and no reason to care. After the tour, Dex thanked the bot and suffered through a painful spiel designed to make him think that a. this disk space was unique in vague and unprovable ways, b. that it was a nearly criminal bargain, and c. that it was bound to be snapped up by a canny investor any minute now. It wasn't quite the hard sell, but he didn't expect more subtlety from this construct. He escaped as soon as he could. Dex compiled all the information he'd gotten from the viewing, but it wasn't much. He took a few shots of the external space and had a list of the tenants that the sales bot gave him. It felt a bit like a waste of time, but he didn't have a lot of other ideas. He folded it all into a quick report and sent it off to Zahara Zhang, asking if there was anything that looked familiar. Hoping for a random connection was weak, but Dex was willing to try anything. It also let Zhang know that he hadn't forgotten about her. He paged over to the squad board to make sure that he wasn't ignoring something. He didn't particularly want to get another tongue lashing from Larson. All the open cases had been claimed by someone, and there wasn't anything that cried out to him as requiring his particular talents. He figured that he could let it slide for now. He switched over to the Nice Squad's board and checked to see if Jamie had made any headway on the shop. There weren't any leads, but they had noted that Techloid had determined that Lisa hadn't had any responsibility for the incident, and she had kept her job. Dex wondered how much unpaid overtime she'd put in cleaning up the mess, and whether it had been worth it. He remembered his own days working shit jobs, not having any other options. No job meant no apartment, no food rations, no security, nowhere to turn. That some people were now able to make a living in M-City, on their own, meant that the firm's control over people's lives was diminishing. But it was easy to forget that it was only a small proportion of people who'd gotten out from that trap. People like Lisa were the norm, and they were at the mercy of the vagaries of their HR department. With the firms now actively trying to sabotage each other, both in M-City and in the physical world, the real casualties were going to be people like her. It sucked. But what could you do about it? Dex linked out of M-City and rubbed his hands over his tired eyes. He managed to go days without thinking about how shitty life was for so many people, but it always came crashing back eventually. He knew that he was doing his small bit to make things better, but it didn't feel like it was ever enough. He stomped around the apartment in a foul mood, glad that Annabelle was out. She'd been talking to Stella Bish and was in the process of getting everything in order to leave Omnitrack, but she was still going into the office. Dex wasn't sure how they were going to handle being in the same space all day every day. Given Annabelle's discomfort with the physical world, it was incredible that she managed the time together they did share. He wondered if she realized that this was probably one of the reasons she stuck with a corporate job all this time. Something was niggling at the back of Dex's mind. It was like he could tell that there was a pattern, just waiting to be found, but he wasn't seeing it yet. It was there, he knew it, just out of focus or overly pixelated. He grabbed a bottle of expensive ginger beer that one of his neighbors brewed at home and splashed a hint of it into a glass of rum. He hadn't done anything to earn the treat, but maybe it would jog his mind into seeing whatever it was that was just outside of the frame. He took a sip and waited for the elixir to work its magic. Nothing happened, except the enjoyment of the drink. Well, worse things have happened than having a cheeky highball alone, standing in the middle of an empty apartment.
You've been listening to Pixels and Flesh by M. Darusha Wayne. For more information about this and the other Anderson Dexter books, visit darusha.ca. Thanks for listening.